the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. We're all about delivering great content, thoughtful discussions, and tips and tricks to help you truly get the most out of your life and business. And here's your charismatic host, me, Matt Browning. Hello. Hello, good people. Welcome to a very special episode of the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Podcast Radio Show. This is your host, Matt Browning. This is... We made it. This is our 100th episode. And to commemorate our 100th episode, not only that, it's actually our year anniversary. But to commemorate our 100th episode, I have a, uh, a really cool idea. I thought I would just do a solo episode. And I wanted to share uh, really the whole backstory. I wanted to share the whole backstory of the podcast, um, where it came from, where it's going. Uh, you know, like a lot of people ask just kind of over the last year, they've asked things like, you know, why the podcast? Why this podcast? I'll talk about how I came up with the name, um, why we're doing a brand change. There's a little bit of a brand change coming out uh, in conjunction with this 100th episode. So you're going to see a new name, very slightly change in look and feel. Most of it's staying the same, but it's a slightly new name. Uh, I'll talk about that and why that uh, from a business perspective. Uh, I'm going to share some of, you know, my favorite guests. What I've learned as a host, I, I think I've come a long way as a host, as a colleague of these people. Um, I, you know, I listen to some of my earliest interviews, and I think, oh, like move on, or what are you doing? Like I'm, I'm critiquing me desperately. So I don't, I don't listen to the old ones anymore. But as I listen to, I, I can watch an arc of actually improving, right? Working on my skill set of, you know, bringing on great guests. And I'll tell you this, if I brought on some of the guests that I've recently interviewed, I haven't dropped their episodes yet. We have some really cool guests coming on that you'll be getting the episodes soon, some people I'm working on now. And I've come to a place where I feel a lot more confident in the skill set of conducting a great interview and really like getting the most out of out of these awesome, successful people for you, right? And the whole purpose of this is for you. I want you to learn, be blessed, and get to know some really great backstories and get inspired, you know? Get inspired by these people um, and, and you know, just move along in your life, in your business. And this, you know, hopefully it becomes a, a companion for you. It's a traveling companion. Some of you have said, you know, you, you listen to it while you're working out and that's your, you know, you listen to it half an hour, an hour a week. It's awesome. Thank you. Some of you say you listen to it uh, in bed as you're falling asleep. Uh, that's what I do. I love listening to stuff as I fall asleep. I don't know why. Some sleep experts say don't do it. I love it. I personally do it. I, I like having the, the sound of something, someone talking, and then I set a sleep timer for 15, 30 minutes, and I drift off. It's awesome. So, hey, if I'm lulling you to sleep, I'm cool with that too. If, uh, if it's your drive time to work, whatever it is, the point is thank you for letting me into your life. And especially if you're one of the subscribers, um, if you're a loyalist, if you've been there since the beginning, um, I wouldn't, you know, if you want to shout out and be uh, a part of this, I'm going to put something on social media at Matt Browning. So if you follow me, whether it's Instagram, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, whatever it is, especially for Instagram, Facebook, those are probably the biggest ones. But if you follow me there, uh, look for that post and, and put a comment. You know, Let me know how long you've been listening. Let me know uh, what your favorite episode was or if you have any questions that you want to answer in the future or, or guests you want to have on. If you have someone in mind that you would love to have as a guest, you know, let me know. Maybe we can drum up some excitement uh, and, and reach out to these people. It would be really cool. So we'll talk about all that and more. Um, I'm also going to talk about where we're going from here. So what 2019, the rest of this is going to look like as I record this. It is uh, Thursday. It'll be coming to you tomorrow. So this is Thursday, January 24th. We have 11 months and seven days more of, uh, of 2019. So there's a heck of a lot to do. And I'll share some of the really cool guests I have lined up for the future. Uh, that's what we're going to talk about. So let's get into it. All right. Now, one of the biggest questions people ask a lot is, you know, like, what is the backstory? Why are you even doing this in the first place? Why a podcast? Well, if, if you know me and you know my background, I have done a, a ton of workshops. I'm primarily like a live speaker. You know, I, I've put on over 300, uh, or not, sorry, not over, almost 300 multi-day, like three-day or longer events. Some of those were five, six, seven, even 10 days long. Crazy. And... If, if you looked at all the things I do, I do coaching, and we have training programs, and I do home study and digital courses, um, but for the last 12 years, I've been primarily teaching with a base of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, 
And I'm a live teacher. That's my thing. You know, one of my friends, Wesley Goo, shout out to Wes if you're listening to this. Uh, Wesley once, you know, he said this line that just always stuck with me. He said, you know, if for him, he said, if you cut me, I bleed what? You know, it was like art and music. And for me, I thought, gosh, if you cut me, what do I bleed? Like, what am I made of? And I think of all the different things I've done in business life and, and personal life, probably the biggest thing that's always been with me is teacher. So if you cut me, I bleed teaching. So I'm always looking for platforms and places to teach, you know, um, love teaching. So all my seminars are primarily like teaching and trainings. They're, you know, they're motivating and inspiring second, but first it's all about learning something, right? So I do, you know, coach certifications. I love a lot of certification courses, do public speaking training, uh, sales trainings, um, uh, personal development, but it's not just like, you know, getting excited and, and write something down. It's about learning something more, you know, about the subconscious mind and about what makes us tick and why we do what we do. So at any rate, I've, I've done all of that and I've been looking for more platforms. Um, a lot of my business evolution seminars early on, like 2006 to really like even 2015. Uh, so for the first nine years in business was almost exclusively built uh, on my back. It was built off of me uh, going to places live, in person. So I lived in Orange County, California at the time. I would drive to San Diego. I'd drive to Los Angeles. I'd, I'd drive to different spots in OC. I'd fly to uh, Denver, to Seattle, to the Bay Area, to Florida, to New York, wherever I needed to go. Um, early, early on, it was also uh, a lot international. So I would be in Orange County, put on events, and then I'd fly 14 hours to go to Australia, stay there for a month and a half, and then speak all over the country, uh, put on workshops all over the country. I mean, you know, it's funny. As I think back, it's kind of, I mean, it was a fantasy. I, I dreamed of, you know, tr making an impact, traveling for work, and, you know, just living that. And some of you, you know, you might feel that way right now. You want to live that entrepreneur lifestyle. And, you know, I, I, I always used to say it's, it's like being a rock star, but without the rock or the star. It's just the travel schedule. <laughs> and you know, I, I did a lot of hotels, a lot of friends' couches, um, a lot of, of taxis and rental cars and airplanes. And and I, I'm so grateful, like so grateful for it. It was an incredible experience, especially early like 2008, 9, 10, uh, into 2011. The travel schedule was insane. I was out of the country more than I was in the country. More than six months a year, I was out of the country. And then when I was here, I was putting on events and traveling around uh, in the region. So something strange happened, though. You might not have heard this story before, so bear with me if you have. 2009, yeah, middle of 2009, I had this experience where, to me, the best way I can describe it is my immune system broke. I... Um, and I'm much, much better now. So if you have any great remedies, it's been 10 years. I'm doing okay. Uh, but in 2009, I was at the peak of this travel schedule. It was insane. And my body couldn't really handle it. Like I, I would be home for four weeks in Orange County. I put on two three-day events, back-to-back -back weekends. And then I'd put on two five-day events that went 12 hours plus a day. The longest day I ever did was a 22-hour seminar day, and my students know this stuff because you know I share those stories. And it was like, hey, the good old days. I was in my 20s. I'm single. Um, you know, making this happen, all that stuff. And you know, life's changed a little bit since then. I'm 39 this year. I have a seven-year-old son. I have an amazing wife, Lola. We've been together 10 years. And you know, early on, it was like I could just kind of make my own way and do what I want. So I share all that to say this. Over the years, I've always been looking for ways, how can I leverage time better? How can I automate things better? And, you know, a friend of mine told me about uh, the idea of a podcast a few years ago, and I, I didn't understand it. You know, I, I looked at what he was doing and what some other people were doing, and it seemed like, for the most part, if I could go into a live room with like 50 people, I could offer a program or an introductory program of some kind. And I could walk out with real prospects, real clients, either added to my list or added to my clientele, and they would continue on with trainings. So I could justify, even if I go to a room with 20 people, I have the chance, you know, I still teach, you know, early speakers today. It's like, you got to get out there and hustle. And trust me, I have spoken thousands of different days, uh, so much that I believe I've paid my dues. 
And it doesn't mean I'm not willing to keep working and scratching and clawing and, and going after it. I'm always willing to do that. But at a certain point in every career, whatever it is, you have to look and say, hey, if I paid some dues that now maybe I need to, to change, you know, change the format, change the way I look at this. Um, I'm not as young as I used to be. I'm still super young, you know, of course, depending on, you know, how you look at it. My, my son, Val, he, he told me yesterday, he, he said, I, I gave him some good advice, I think, right? I said, oh, try changing whatever he was doing. I think he was taking the trash out. And I said, oh, try grabbing it lower instead of all the way at the top of the thing. You can move it easier. And he looked at me and stopped and said, dad, you're so old and wise. <laughs> and I just lost it. So <laughs> for the last little while, he's been calling me old and wise. Um, so at any rate, you know, being old and wise, apparently now, according to a seven-year-old, uh, I have learned a little bit about the speaking business and about the teaching business and the coaching business, which is really like what what I'm in and what many of you are in too. Um, not everyone listening to this course is in there, but you know a lot of you are. So I wanted to to leverage a little better. I think you know I paid some dues. Maybe I want to get off the road a little bit. So I made some changes. One of the big changes is I decided to. Uh, have a minimum amount of people I would go after, or I, I would go speak somewhere with at least minimum of 50 people. And ideally, I would proactively go after rooms and seminars and events with two to 500 people in them. And understand that this was hard for me because this is coming off the back of probably a thousand speaking gigs. 80% of them were probably less than 50 people. So I'd go speak to 20 people. I speak to three, nine, who cares? If you got someone, if you got three people in your living room, I'll come teach them NLP. Maybe I'll get a client. You know, like that was my mentality. But after doing it so much and for so many years and now having a family, I had to, as you can imagine, reevaluate, right? What are my limits? What are the expectations? And what really, what are my boundaries around business? I think we can all learn something about boundaries. So I wanted to get something that would leverage better. I wanted to broadcast my voice louder. Um, someone in our church gave me a prophetic word a couple years ago that was about that my voice would be amplified. And it was after I'd done a, um, a communication seminar for the church that was called Speak Up. It was a one day uh, based on the influence leveraging NLP from stage. So it was subconscious communication patterns. And and I kept that. I still have that today. I have that sitting in my Bible. It's a, it's a really, really important moment. She might not realize how, how powerful that was, but when I looked at that and I, she wrote down this word for me and I thought, gosh, I, I believe God was saying in that time in my life that it was time to amplify my voice. And at first I just thought, oh, okay, that means I'm going to teach more about communication. And I, and I am doing that. But a big part of it was I didn't realize how much leveraging it was going to be. So as we come around to this year in review, it has been, I mean, shoot, what day is it right now? It's the 24th. Yeah, this is crazy. So my first episode aired on January 22nd. So this is the year anniversary and the 100th episode anniversary all at the same time. And again, that's what's prompting this. Within a year, um, this podcast has been uh, listened to. In here's the celebration. Listen to in well over a hundred countries, so that is awesome. I don't know where you're listening to this, but it's been picked up in a hundred countries. Um, we passed a hundred thousand downloads in the first year, which I, I believe is very phenomenal. Not a lot of uh, new podcasts get traction that fast, so I'm very grateful to you and everyone you've told about the show. You know, keep it coming because let's keep sharing this. The more, the more downloads and the more exposure we get, the better guests I can have and the more I can really pour back into you guys, which is the whole reason I'm doing this. Uh, what else? 100, yeah, 100 episodes, 100,000 downloads. I think I'm 108,000 now, so it's it's because it's been, um, well, that, that, was, that was in the 90s, so now it's been 108,000, 110,000 downloads. That's crazy. Having some really cool guests on as well. i um, really excited about that. So again, just to finish the idea that, or to finish the story of why a podcast, I tried to get into internet marketing and I'm going to have some internet marketers, some, some paid traffic people, some uh, online marketers on the podcast in 2019. And for me, I'm always, I want to pick their brain because it's been hard for me. It's a lot harder and maybe it's been hard for you. You know, people talk about how easy it is. You're one funnel away, Russell Brunson uh, says. You know, get get a funnel and and build a webinar and just, you know, go for it. And, and it can happen. But I found more live speakers like me and live in-person coaches like me 
a lot of us have tried different versions of it. And it's just, it's not that it's hard, but it's harder than we thought. And the, 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 the trial and error, you know, can be a little worse, uh, worse for wear. And, and there's a lot of failures along the way. So for me, like the online marketing and webinar space, you know, I'm, I'm still fiddling in it and whatnot. But it was really this thing where it just felt like, gosh, this is such, it's starting from scratch almost. It really was. After 10 years plus in the business, now I'm starting from scratch trying to figure out this other side of it. And... I, you know, it just, it didn't quite take. It wasn't that I didn't want to do it or I didn't, I poured money into it and time into it, but it never quite took. Then, then I tried this idea of podcasting again and I started exploring what are the ways I could monetize or use this in my business. And here's what's so great. Everyone that I learned from before, you know, they said, Hey, if you podcast, the idea is it's basically an advertisement. Which, by the way, is not right. Not the right way to do it. But they'd say it's like an advertisement. You get to do an episode where you teach something, and it's kind of they would treat it like a webinar, basically, you know, like an audio webinar. At the end of the episode, they'd say, if you want to get this uh, free program of mine, or you want to, they were trying to get people to opt into their list. And there's there's some uh, podcasts that are very successful that do this quite well. Um, I've put out over the last year a shout out to uh, Amy Porterfield. I think she does that very, very well. She provides value. She has a great conversation. It's called Online Marketing Made Easy. So check out Amy's podcast if you haven't already. A little water here. And, you know, every every so often she'll teach on something and then it's just really smart. And then she'll say, hey, I was teaching about, you know, these five, uh, five steps to something or my morning routine. So I thought I would do something. And she put together like a template for what she does for her morning routine or her podcast uh, creation template or something. She was teaching about it. And then as a freebie, she said, let me put this together and I'll put that up on the website for you guys. So I, I think people like Amy and Rick Mulready is another one with uh, the art of paid traffic. Shout out to Rick. I'm in his uh, circle uh, program thing as well. It, really, really good job at, at how he does creates value and then gives something for free. And then, you know, it's like, hey, if you want, if you're following me on this and you want to try this thing out, I'm teaching you, here's something for you. And then obviously they're going to add to the mailing list. And I did that. And then, you know, they're probably going to buy products, programs, and services. So my point is that's the only way I thought that you could use a podcast. And what I saw was a lot of people burning out after like six or eight episodes, you know, because it's a lot of work. I mean, it really is. And again, this isn't a complaint that it's a lot of work. It's a, it's an observation. It's a lot of work to produce a, a podcast, especially on a regular basis. You you can do it poorly. You can do it haphazardly. Uh, but I want to do it right. You know, I really want to give this a go and see what would happen. See if we can get some traction, get some regular subscribers. And what would we do with those people? Well, what I learned along the way so far is there's several different ways to monetize and utilize this podcast in business. Um, it's interesting. Mo, you know, we've gotten so far, I think I've had one client, one client come, uh, a gentleman from the UK, shout out buddy to the UK, uh, messaged and said, hey, I've listened to your podcast, I found you on iTunes, and I'm interested in your NLP trainings, and we chatted a little bit, and he's going to fly out with his family, they're going to vacation, and he's going to come attend one of our NLP trainings, and then he's doing all of the online courses as well. So has it been fruitful? Yeah, but I haven't gotten, you know... $100,000 or a million dollars or 10 clients. I, I think, again, it's been one client. But that's just directly from the podcast. That's not really what I was setting out to do. Um, the biggest place I've used is actually, um, the biggest place is being able to, to, to grow like my profile. And that's been really cool. Growing a profile and letting people see you know, hey, here's what I'm doing. Um, it's also given me a really cool platform. Instead of having to only have someone uh, say I want to invite a prominent guest on, I can, or say I want to go on someone else's guest or I want to speak somewhere, I can invite them on my podcast. I used to only invite them to a live stage. So that means, you know, if they were out of state, it was harder. And, and I'd only be networking in Orange County or San Diego or whatever. And I do a lot of stage trading. So I'd go down to speak on someone's platform at their seminar, and then they would come up and speak on my seminar. One of the things a podcast gave me in the business is now I have a platform that's beginning to get some good exposure and some great, uh, great subscribers and listens. Um, 
Oh, that's the other big celebration. About six months in, we started showing up charting on iTunes, which is crazy. Um, charting in management and marketing, and then in the more broad category business, um, I didn't, I couldn't believe it when I saw that. So, you know, I, I've. I've shown up in the charts next to and even beating at different times. You know, it's an hourly chart, so it goes up and down depending on uh, subscriber ads and, and downloads and a, a bunch of other stuff I don't understand. But, you know, there's been times I, I've been next to or beaten people like Tony Robbins, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, T uh, Tim Ferriss, Dave Ramsey, um, uh, Michael Hyatt, uh, Pat Flynn, you know, you, you name it. It's like these people, Ty Lopez, some of the biggest names of millions of followers. At times, I've watched and go, how in the world am I at number 13? They're at number 14. Uh, so that's all, again, that's all because of you guys. So <laughs> phenomenal. Check it if you're subscribed. If you're not subscribed, make sure you resubscribe on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're on. Um, that's been amazing. So I started looking at different ways I could leverage this. And one of the ways was well, now when I like when I went to my live seminars, I would show people. And I'm also doing a lot of other, other stuff this last year. This other stuff, last year this came with, uh, I was on TV six times. Um, I've been on the radio a bunch, different radio stations. Oh, and then I just got our first syndication uh, deal with WCKG Chicago, 102.3 FM and 15:30 AM. Um, they're airing not every episode of the podcast, so I don't have like a regular 7:30 on Sunday slot type of thing. Um, working towards that, but right now there's a slot where they're putting in shows, and then some of my best shows will show up there as well. So to to even consider getting a syndication of of, of our podcast episodes on the radio, that opened up things like crazy. Now I'm going. Wait a minute, if I can be here. Maybe I could actually do the show, put some more time, energy, and focus into it, make it even better than it was, really focus on the guests and focus on the timing. So I'm, I'm dropping the timing down a little bit so they can fit into 30-minute episodes. And, and that is going to help with a huge platform for every guest and myself as I start looking at other radio stations. So it really has been about amplifying, uh, amplifying the voice. That's a big part of it. Excuse me. So that's you know that's kind of the, the backstory. I didn't know it was going to take off. I just thought it would be one more leg of the business. But really, what it's looking like for this year is it's becoming a much larger uh, side. So oh, like I was saying uh, a moment ago, see, I'm all over the place with this. I just wanted to share the whole backstory. Uh, so when I go do my live events now, I'll show slides and I'll say, hey, here is me, you know, on TV and what's been going on on ABC and NBC and so forth. And then here's some radio stations I've been on, and here's you know I'm syndicated here, and and here's screenshots of me in the top charts with my podcast. And what I've been able to do is it's in my world, in my business, whether this makes sense or not, to depending on what business you're in, there's a, a level of prestige and credibility that you have to present yourself in. And I just I, I teach all my coaches and speakers that I think it's just really important. Like if I came on stage and said, hey, I'm just an average everyday guy, which I am. I'm sitting in a basement in Michigan while it snows outside right now recording a podcast by myself. But, you know, and thousands of people are going to listen to it. It's weird. So on one side, I'm just a regular average guy like everybody else. On the other side, I need to still present, hey, I've done some pretty cool things and I've gotten this really great exposure and I believe I understand how I did it. So I, I'm, now I'm starting to talk about, hey, I can teach you a little more about how to do that. So um, some of the things that we've done is uh, I'm in the middle of working with uh, a beta run of my first 10 uh, clients that are all in my own inner circle mastermind of NLP and coaching. Uh, but working with them on launching their podcast. And I want to make sure I can duplicate the results that I've been getting. So I'm getting in the business of helping people launch, which is cool. Um, I'm launching two new shows for different uh, revenue reasons. So that's exciting. So I'll talk to you at the end about that. Um, what else is going on? Uh, I've used it to, to ele again, elevate prestige so that when I, I offer an elite program, which is like a, a high-level back-end coaching program, private time with me, it's a little bit more special, right? Like if I say, hey, I can go to lunch with you, I'm just an average guy, and then I say, you know, I'm going to charge all this money, there's this thing where people go, ah, oh, come on. But if they see that, well, actually, I'm all over the place, I'm doing TV here, I'm charting the podcast over there, I'm working with these kind of people, and, and, and they just 
they see the story, right, the backstory of who I am and what I've been doing, there's just an innate value in, in spending private time. So I've been able to actually increase rates. So that's another reason why having a podcast can be really good. If you, if you get it, make it significant, uh, you can charge more for what you currently do. So all of that stuff and then some, that's a little bit of why I've gotten into it and what the backstory has been so far. Let's talk about the name and the different, you know, wh why I picked the name and why we're doing a name change. So the name is the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur, as you probably know. And I went through, I did a huge uh, survey, hundreds of comments on Facebook, uh, at Matt Browning on Facebook, if you want to check it out, on, you know, some ideas of a new name. Now, when I came up with the name, just to clear up any any myths or, or stories, um, I did not model Rick Warren of Saddleback Church, who wrote a book called The Purpose Driven Church and subsequently The Purpose Driven Life. Um, I, I, I'd heard of it, certainly. It was probably rat rattling around in my mind. But what I was actually going for with The Purpose Driven Entrepreneur was, you know, kind of the, I wanted to be halfway between two worlds. One world was when I say, purpose. A lot of people in the conscious business space say, you know, what's your purpose and your passion and what drives you. So I wanted to have that like purpose driven, like you're driven by a deep purpose. A lot of the, our personal development and leadership people and coaches, you know, that, that name following your purpose would really resonate with them. But I also want to kind of have a foot in more the, I don't know, I'd say like the, the Gary V side of things, the, the hustle and grind entrepreneur side. And I wanted to start moving uh, my voice and moving some of the business line kind of over in that direction more. A little bit less in personal growth and a little bit less in like conscious uh, purpose, entre uh, not entrepreneur, conscious purpose, um, uh, purpose on earth, you know, type um, some people they are really like big in the new age, you know, world, they're like super spiritual and like everybody in the coaching space, a lot of them and people will find NLP, they related to that side. And I wanted to go m more into the entrepreneur hustle grind side, but I didn't want to go all the way. You know, I didn't want it to be like the hustling entrepreneur or the, the, the grinding, you know, whatever. I, I think it was just too far. Um, I still wanted to cater to my current demographic while being able to open a door for another one, if that makes sense. Right or wrong, that's what I wanted to do. So I thought, you know, purpose-driven, you can say, hey, driven by a purpose, and you got this kind of energy around it. But then also you could relate to, you know, what's your purpose that drives you deep inside. So I really liked the name. Um, it never was intended to be what, what uh, Rick Warren used in his book, which is the purpose-driven life, which is what's God's purpose for you, and that's what should drive you. Now, I, I love that, by the way. Nothing, uh, I have nothing but uh, respect for that, for him and for what he's done with that. Uh, it's just that wasn't the idea that I was going for, right? That wasn't the idea. So as I've grown in this podcast and in the podcasting experience, and you know, we picked up that first syndication in Chicago, and now I'm looking at this year, I really want to see what we can do uh, to land on more platforms. And I just want to go a little bigger, you know, with having some TV exposure, uh, looking at more radio stations, and, and getting into that platform. At first, I thought, so once I came up with the name, a few people said, hey, you know, what about... Uh, the whole purpose-driven thing. I thought, oh gosh, that's that's the thing, isn't it? And I had I had my lawyer uh, look through and do a trademark search, and uh, Rick has purpose-driven trademarked, purpose-driven church, and purpose-driven life. He has three trademarks; they're all active. Now the other thing is, there's a lot of trademarks that are accepted that people put in for purpose-driven blank, so purpose-driven family or purpose-driven events or purpose-driven whatever, and they've gotten the trademark. So that means the the idea of purpose-driven something isn't unique and only for one person or one organization. Um, it's certainly okay for me to use it, right? So again, just in case anyone ever wondered what, you know, should you, shouldn't you? Is this legal, illegal? I don't know, whatever they might be asking. No, people can use it, but here's what I started seeing is not a lot, but especially in California, uh, you know, people would hear, I'd say purpose-driven entrepreneur, and sometimes they go, oh, have you heard of, you know, Saddleback Church, or have you heard of Rick Warren, and and I kind of, I just didn't want to keep having, as it got bigger and, and more profile, I, I didn't want to have that conversation of, oh, no, it's not really about that, it's about this. Um, 
So that's really the only reason. As it got more prominent, I wanted to clear the air a little bit and just kind of avoid that one piece. So I started researching and and surveying and asking how can we change it. Because, um, you know, at first also the other thing is I, I didn't think I'd ever do like – I probably wouldn't do a book based on the podcast. I probably wouldn't do – a number of things, you know, I wouldn't make products, I wouldn't name a business after it. And the big part with trademarks is if you want to, you know, name a business after something, right? Or you want to make a product where you're selling, but you can't trademark or copyright uh, titles for books, titles for movies, and titles for podcasts. So to me, it was like, if this is only going to be the podcast, I'm not going to do anything else with this name. Yeah, maybe it's probably okay. It's not going to be that big of a deal. As I look into 2019, I think, well, yeah, there could be something more to it. You know, maybe we'll make a radio network out of it. Maybe I will do a book with some transcriptions of episodes. Maybe, you know, who knows? There might be more things coming. So because of that and various other small reasons, I decided to go with the rebrand. Had some great ideas, phenomenal feedback from you guys. It was so good. Thank you, especially if you contributed to that. Thank you so much. What we landed on was I wanted to make the least amount of change possible. So instead of the purpose-driven entrepreneur, uh, we're going with the driven entrepreneur. And I like that for me for a couple of reasons. One, because I already said, because it has the least amount of change. So it's not like a whole different name that everyone has to remember, a different brand. I didn't want that whole, excuse me, the whole look and feel to change. So the look and feel is basically the same. I picked a new headshot. It'll, you probably won't even notice, but it's almost the same. Uh, slightly different. So I have a slightly new headshot, new angle, uh, a tweak to the fonts. And then instead of the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Podcast, it's just simply going to be called the Purpose, or sorry, just the Driven Entrepreneur. So we dropped the name, in the name, we dropped the word purpose and we dropped the word podcast. The reason for purpose is, of course, what I already said. The reason to drop podcast is, although it still is a podcast, and I want you to know this is a podcast community, it's it's a podcast first, but I'm also looking in 2019 to really package these episodes up and really I'm gonna I'm gonna I don't know if I'm gonna succeed or fail or somewhere in between, but I'm gonna really try my hand at syndication, which means I'm gonna take many of these episodes, not all of them, but many of them that fit in the right time frame. And, you know, maybe do a new intro, outro to it and really package them um, and then attempt to sell them to radio stations, whether it's a, a sale or a trade for time or whatever the case may be. I want to see if I can get onto more stations. There's a few people, podcasters that I've met along the last year that are pretty heavy into syndication. One guy has uh, 24 stations he's syndicated on. And it, it just, it changed my whole mindset, you know, instead of trying to, you know, get one of you guys to, you know, opt in to my mailing list and then buy a product. What if we could just continuously get great guests, have a really good show, um, something that you genuinely like to and, and listen to and we get good traction. And then I can start getting onto more, more uh, platforms and syndication and then just advertise maybe to a corporate sponsor. So that's one of the things I'm looking at for, you know, 2019, you know, maybe we can get someone on board, a company uh, to to do like a, a pretty substantial, uh, maybe a, a monthly recurring advertising and hey, they're the sponsor of the show. And I can sell that by saying not just, hey, here's our downloads or here's our, our charting uh, in iTunes and so forth, but also here's all the reach and the stations and the antennas that the show goes out to. So that would be really cool. So that's something I'm looking for. So because of that, that's really where the name change came from. So we're dropping podcast because it's really going to be more of the show. So you'll hear me say things like, hey, welcome to the show. Um, it'll be the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Show, but the name is the Purpose Driven. <laughs> Sorry. I see I'm so used to it. 100 episodes. What am I going to do? So instead of saying, uh, welcome to the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Podcast, it'll be welcome to the Driven Entrepreneur, or I might say the Driven Entrepreneur Show. But on the graphic, it'll be the Driven Entrepreneur. All right? Um, so that's kind of what is happening with the name. Let's talk about production a little bit. Uh, people have been pretty interested. Some of you have been kind of interested in what am I doing. I, I had an interview the other day. Uh, I was on someone else's show, and it was really cool, uh, kind of humbling. He said, hey, here's how I'm going to do this episode. And he said, hey, I picked that up from you. Um, that's how you've been doing it. And I was thinking to myself, oh, that's how I was doing it, but, man, that was a pain in the butt oh, over time, so I've actually changed it. So here's some kind of the evolution of, of the show if I go back uh, 99 episodes. So here was my initial thought, and I still like it, but there's some reasons why I'm changing it. 
my initial thought was, well, right away, like my first episode was Ikea food is way outside my budget. What an interesting episode. Um, it was just this idea of, hey, I want to do an episode based on a concept. So I was out at Ikea and I saw um, they had something. It was like two hot dogs and a soda and something else for like $2. And I remember looking at that going, if all of that food only costs $2, there's no way that the quality is anywhere near what I want to put inside my body. So I remember thinking of it, a lot of people think of, hey, that's too expensive, it's outside my budget, and I just want to talk about the concept of sometimes something's outside your budget because it's too cheap, right? It's, it doesn't have the value there. Uh, so, uh, you know, it was an okay episode, it was my first one, but that was where I started going, let's just talk about concepts that someone who's an entrepreneur, runs their own business, would want to know, want to talk about. So my second episode was paid off vehicles or you lease brand new, and it was, again, I had a, a phase in, in life where both my wife and I, our cars, you know, we're eight to 10 or 11 years old and we had two paid off cars and I just paid off my motorcycle. So I have three vehicle pink slips and I thought that's kind of cool. Like I've never had that in my life. And then I guess, you know, let's talk about the concept of should you lease a car? Should you pay it off? There's two different conflicting ways to handle your money and let's just have that discussion. So it started just wanting to talk about interesting things that affect entrepreneurs lives. And then what it grew into was a two-time-a-week two uh, show where I could, I could interview somebody, and I like doing interviews. I could interview someone on a Friday, and then I could do, and that would be like about an hour or so, 45 minutes to an hour. Some of my interviews, if you look back, you know, I started doing 58 minutes, an hour and two minutes. So I tried to keep it at under an hour, ideally. But then I had a couple that went a little, here's an hour and one minute, hour and three minutes. So it wasn't until I think 35 episodes in that I did an hour and 15. And then when I had Larry Broughton on, shout out to Larry, a good friend of mine. He's a Special Forces veteran, uh, Hotel Impossible, uh, guest celebrity expert, and a hu uh, massive hotelier uh, entrepreneur, has uh, dozens of boutique hotels. So Larry, his episode was episode number 40, and we went an hour and 49 minutes. And then when I had Ruben Gonzalez, shout out to Ruben, great guy. Four episodes later, a four-time Olympian, a motivational speaker. The What happened is when I started having some of these, and we've had a ton of great guests before that and after that, but these are a couple people that stood out as, if you have a guy like a Larry Broughton sitting in your podcast studio in your office in Orange County and willing to come down and hang out with you, you don't cut them off. Do you know what I mean? I didn't want to say, well, that's the show. It's 40 minutes. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going as long as he'll let me. If he wants to keep talking, I'm going to keep talking. Um, Ruben Gonzalez, you know, he only had so much time. He had an hour, but he kept sharing some stories. So I'm like, hey, let's go. So I, I learned that when I have a certain kind of person, I didn't want to cut them off, you know. I didn't want to cut it off at, at exactly so, so long. Uh, then I had my first movie producer, uh, Chad Ridgely. He's also become a good friend over the over the time, and he's a stand-up comedian. Uh, he does full-time security for elite-level celebrities because he used to be a police officer, and he's also produced uh, two different movies, working on a third one now, and just a phenomenal entrepreneur and really funny guy. And I had the chance to sit down with him at Coast 103.5 FM in the iHeart Studios because of our dear friend Maggie Mayfield. Um, we sat in, in Maggie, one of Maggie's studios, and Chad came in uh, up in Burbank, and, and we were sitting, right, I'm sitting down at iHeart Studios with a film producer and a comedian and just a genuinely great guy. We only went an hour and 13 minutes, but again, I'm not going to cut him off, right? I want to make sure that we really take the time. So over... Over time, uh, I've realized that that kind of a limit doesn't always fit. So here's what I'm doing now, or that, that's what I was doing. So I would try to do an hour, and then on Tuesday, I would drop a Teaching Tuesdays. And you're familiar with that. I've done a bunch of those. And Teaching Tuesdays, the initial concept was I would record those live on Facebook. Every Monday night, I'd be on Facebook. And I made a lot of Mondays. Here's what I learned, though, along the way. One of the things that sucked is I found that every every single Monday night, I didn't necessarily feel like jumping on video, saying hi, you know, coming out and, and being here with you. I just didn't feel like it. Sometimes it, it was earlier. It was Saturday or Sunday, or I was in a hotel on Saturday, so I, I recorded it then. Uh, so I found that doing every single time a Monday evening wasn't always feasible. Sometimes I was literally on a plane most of all Monday, and I, I couldn't do it. 
So that was how I started the Teaching Tuesdays. And then the idea is I would do it on Facebook and then we download the video, extract the audio, and then the audio would be the podcast for the following morning. So again, from a, a promotional standpoint, I think it's perfect. Like, isn't that great? You know, it's like, hey, every Monday I'll be here doing this live podcast recording. And then if you don't make the live video, you can still, you'll get the uh, audio download the following morning. From a production standpoint, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm almost solo. It's like, you know, I got the team at the at Evolution and uh, Justin Womack, who has his own podcast, Marketing Geeks. He's a major, uh, the main producer for the show. But it's all virtual, you know? So essentially, I'm, I'm doing this on my own, and then when I finish the recording, I gotta get it up to Justin, and he's gonna do the tweaks and bumpers and, and, and everything and put it out there and get it ready. So I found myself with so, I'm still running a full-time business, still catering to clients, wanting to be a full-time husband and father, um, a huge uh, volunteer uh, uh, ministry helping to, at the time, for the last year. Uh, six months ago, we laid this down, but for a year and a half prior, my wife and I were also leading a whole campus of our church in Orange County. So it was like there was a lot. It was, you know, we're kind of running these different organizations and, and there was so much to do. It wasn't just, hey, my only thing I got to do is do a podcast, right? The other thing too is, of course, I knew going in early on, you know, I'm not going to make revenue from this. This is not going to be a money generating venture. And I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. I wanted to see where this would go and just play it all the way out. And I think so far we have because, you know, we're celebrating episode 100. So here's how it's changed so far now. I'll, I'll do, you know, do the interviews and still do a long interview. And then I tried to keep the Tuesday episode, you know, shorter, 15 to 20 minutes. And it would be just teaching on a section. Uh, three keys to effective leadership. The three biggest mistakes people make with motivation, episode uh, 29. Uh, how to banish fear from your life, episode 26. Uh, what else do I do in here? The secret to changing a behavior, episode 22. We're just going through some of the episodes, just looking at some of the teaching Tuesdays. Three secret areas of leadership. Uh, and then I started talking about my book around the, around the forties in the episodes in the forties, that's when the book launch was coming out. So, um, if you joined in or you listened to the show, if you're listening right now, you probably weren't one of these people, but there were people that kind of found me on iTunes and listened around, you know, the forties when I just started coming out with the idea for the firebox principle, the seven drives that fuel every entrepreneur, my new book. So episode 41, I put out an episode called why I wrote my first new book in over 10 years. And then I did a Teaching Tuesday, We Must Go Through the Fire of Not Knowing. That was a, just a cool revelation on, you know, when you don't know how something has to go, sometimes we have to actually go through the fire of not knowing to figure things out. So I taught on that. 24 minutes. Then the next episode was The Seven Drives That Fuel Every Entrepreneur. Um, and then I, talk, I did an episode on The Artisan Drive. I did an episode on The Avenger Drive. Uh, and, and so I, I did four or five episodes that were really about the book. So one of the complaints I saw just from people probably that stumbled on it brand new, if they didn't know who I was and where I was going was it seemed like an advertisement, right? Cause I spent the first 10 minutes talking about the book and why I wrote it and what we're doing with it and going on tour. Um, and I did a TV media tour and a speaking tour and all this stuff with the book and a, and a podcast tour. But that was uh, just, it was an idea, you know, it was, hey, the book's going to get launched in August. So in July, why don't we start doing some episodes leading up to it where I talk about the book or I reveal and discuss in depth one of the chapters of the book and just kind of, you know, again, just I want to give you a bunch of value and a bunch of insight and interesting stuff. And then when I went to put the book on sale, then of course, hey, maybe more people would get it. So that was what I did in the 40s. Um not sure how I feel about that, if I would do it differently next year or not. So I don't know. We'll think about it. Not sure yet. And then episode 55, I have my friend uh, Joshua Best. He's our publisher. He's a publisher, father, and church pastor. Uh, he came on the podcast. And I just continued on with this strategy. And here's what I found, you know, after a year straight doing this, not missing. Uh, I, I, I might have missed one. I might have missed one, but maybe not. Yeah, no, I had to have because in 52 weeks, I would have had 104 episodes. So a couple of times throughout the year, I missed something. I was sick and it was like, you know what? I'm just not going to make this one up. I dropped a couple episodes on a Wednesday here and there instead of a Tuesday. Um, you know, there's been very few, but there were a couple. So I looked at the production of doing two episodes a week 
And man, it, it was like, it was, it's a lot of work. So what I'm going to land on in the future is we're going to take this podcast and bring it down to one episode a week as an interview. And it's going to continuously be uh, a weekly podcast where I get the best out of a successful entrepreneur and discover the backstory and life and business lessons along the way. And that's like the whole purpose of the show. Now, if you love the Teaching Tuesdays and like maybe you're here for me, maybe you're here because you know me, you've been to the seminars or workshops, you're one of my clients, uh, you saw me speak, and you're like, no, no, I kind of like the NLP stuff or I like the leadership stuff or I like you teaching things. That's part of why I'm looking at launching the two new podcasts. One of them is really just for that. It's called, well, right now the working title, I might land on a new one, but the working title is called The NLP Experience. And it's going to be basically NLP nerds for NLP nerds. It's Mike Bagala and myself uh, essentially just having a conversation and talking through uh, personal development stuff, leadership stuff, NLP techniques, and not so much, it's not going to be a teaching. So if you don't know anything about it, you know, look on YouTube and learn one of the techniques. Um, we're not going to be teaching from the ground up a technique. We're going to be talking about the techniques, talking about the nuance, the what ifs, um, different scenarios, um, and, and just really just kind of asking each other questions about this and digging deeper into that whole world of coaching NLP and personal development. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And that'll be also a weekly episode. So Mike and I will sit down. Um, and what we're going to do is we'll sit down just to give you the behind the scenes of the production. We're probably going to sit down one time a month, maybe two times a month, and record two to three to four episodes at a time. So we're going to take a, an idea. And this is, again, this is something that... I want to do a weekly show, so for promotional standpoint, I want to make sure you know you can get a weekly show, and it's always gonna be free, no paywall, um, and we're not selling stuff. It's like it's just here you go. Like let's talk about NLP, and the hope, of course, is that we can become um, the most prominent NLP and personal development brand out on iTunes and become more prominent out in the world, and the, those people that are looking for more levels of NLP or or, or uh, hiring a coach. You know, we'll be available. I'm sure we're going to meet more people that would like to, to work with us at the company. So that's just really the concept behind, behind that one. But that's going to go hand in hand where as the driven entrepreneur becomes a solo, just a solely interview show, the NLP experience is where you're going to get more of me and my personality and the teaching aspect of stuff. So that's coming up. Um, one small production thing, just for those of you thinking about podcasting, if any of you actually have a podcast, the the shows I liked a lot, some high production shows, always did this simple little thing. They did a deal where you'd interview someone and not really do the full intro. You would just turn on tape and go, hey, so uh, yeah, yeah, that's how the microphone works. Okay, how's it going, man? So good to see you. And then they just get into the interview. And then after that, maybe two months later when they're ready to drop the episode, they'll record a fresh open Right, so the first few minutes of the episode, and they'll say, "Hey, welcome." You know, it's it's Tuesday, January, uh, whatever, and you know, this week, and and they would catch up on here's what's going on in life, here's what's going on in business. Hey, I just came off of this um, speaking tour this weekend. I was in these cities, and they would talk about current events in a way. And then they would record a close for after the interview saying, hey, thanks so much for this person coming on. And if you listen to any of my episodes in recent history, um, Jay Fissette, Canadian farm boy turned millionaire entrepreneur, Philip Lomboy, everyday fighter, uh, marketing meets martial arts, Diane Halfman was episode 95 from Undercover Vice to bringing order to your life. Uh, she was incredible, man. She had some stories about literally being an undercover prostitute, undercover vice, and uh, and the chaos and craziness of that world and how she, she now sees the patterns of how to bring order through organization and, and personal development for people. It's a, It was a fascinating story, fascinating conversation. But for all these people, what I did, Randall Garcia, episode 97, Millennial Leadership and Hustle. The guy was awesome. Shout out to Randall, man. You're a phenomenal human being. Every one of these interviews, I've recorded a separate open, did the interview and then the close. Here's what I found is I'd have all these interviews in the can, like at any given point. Um, I don't know if you know how how most people do their podcasts, but it's certainly how I do it and a lot of people do it is you'll have, you know, a, a good amount of interviews in the can, so to speak, meaning like saved on the computer and ready to go at any point. So, you know, some people have up to 50 interviews. Uh, I usually have somewhere between 15 to 25, which is quite a bit, but I'll have interviews set so they're ready to go. 
the problem was I had all these interviews ready, but then every single week it was like, oh, I got it Mondays. Here, here's Monday again, and I love it, right? I want to teach you something, but I have to. Some some Mondays I had to sit down and pray and go, what am I going to teach this Monday? I don't have anything right now, and then I had to come up with something on the spot and then flesh it out and go, okay, here's the three secrets to X Y Z, and then teach it, and then by and then have a break on Wednesday, and then by Thursday I'm going, oh. Dang it, who's the interview this week? Oh, okay, I'm going to drop uh, Jay Facet. Okay, oh, I, I, I recorded Jay's interview, you know, four months prior. So now I got I listen to the whole thing again. And then I decide, uh, you know, what are the points I want to talk about. And then I do, I have to record a fresh open. So it was more work than I realized it was going to be. So I'm, I'm recording fresh stuff twice a week, every single week. It didn't give me any automation. It didn't give me any leverage of time. One of the things I like to do now and what my life has turned into is now I have a set day every week uh, that I do podcast interviews. That's it. A set day every week to do podcast interviews. And when I do those, I might do, you know, two, three, four interviews back to back. And then the next week, that same day, I might do another handful of, of interviews. But the beauty is now I'm looking at trying to simplify life a little bit, but still give you massive value. So all I'm doing is when I do an interview, you'll notice in the new interviews coming out that I basically do an open right there with my guest. My guest comes on uh, Zoom or in person, and I simply say, hey, welcome to the show, and I talk briefly about you know what's going on in your life, and then I start introing the guest. I do the intro, and then we go right into the conversation. So all it means is you know my guest is listening to me open my show for a minute or so, a minute and a half maybe max, while I intro them. And then I do a quick outro when they're still there. I say, thanks so much for coming on. We shake hands virtually or in person. And then I say, hey, thanks for listening. And then I kind of, I fade out, you know. So it's it's not that hard. But what it allows me to do is if there was a really busy month, I could actually block off the whole month and only have one day to record interviews. And I could record four interviews back to back with an open and close on the spot. And then for Justin and my producer, I can I can take the interviews, put them right up in the file and they're ready. They're ready to go. Uh, and now I have a whole month worth of content already scheduled and ready to release Friday, 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 Friday. So I, I'm looking at making that change really just solely for the reason of it's easier. Uh, it's a little bit less. It's not that it's less work. That's not the word I'm looking for. It's that there's less chance for me to fall down on the job and to miss something. There's less chance, right? Because currently I got to feel great for sure, you know, every Monday and Thursday. And, and there were, there's a lot of days, I got to tell you, there were days in this last year that, you know, Monday, I'm like, you know what? I texted Justin. I said, I'm not putting out an episode tonight. Sorry. I know we want to drop it Monday at midnight. I ain't doing it. I just don't feel up to it. It's, it's going to be a crap episode. So, you know, I, I come out Tuesday morning, you know, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, feeling better, feeling kind of recharged. And then I record, but then I got to send it to Justin that day. He's got to turn it around right away. So it just created, again, an added stress, added risk to you that you might not get your show. And the whole thing just doesn't make sense. So I'm making it more simple, and I'm making it a little more leveraged with time. So that's one of the lessons I learned along the way with production is it was a good idea, but uh, it was harder than I thought it was going to be. So now I'm doing it that way. And then same thing with Mike and I. You know, we'll, we'll, We will sit down with a theme for the month. So every month we'll have a theme around a technique, uh, or a topic or concept, and then Mike and I, he, he's breaking down uh, different elements within that theme, okay? Uh, so let's say we want to talk about getting over anxiety. Well, maybe that'll be the theme, and we'll talk about different elements of it, the emotional aspect, the mental strategy aspect, uh, helping others. I'm just making this up right now, but that's the kind of thing we would do. Maybe we'll talk about kids, and one time we'll talk about child learning. Another time we might talk about habits uh, or discipline or things like that. And we'll just go, you know, and what we'll do is we sit down with that theme and we're just going to record, man. We'll record. And when we finish talking about it after 30, 45, an hour, however long it is, then we'll just cut. And then while we're still on the, on the call together, then I'll say, okay, let's go. Episode number two, three, two, one, go. Uh, and then I'll say, Hey, welcome back to the show. And we're in the middle of a theme and I'll just keep going with it. So for those of you who are like, in my little inner circle, you're in my masterminds. Um, this is the kind of thing that, you know, is something that I'm learning from the learning curve that I wanted to do it fresh every single week. And 
it's just not always feasible. So I want to have a good system and backup plan. So that's how I'm doing it. Um, yeah, so that's what I've learned about uh, production. So what else do I want to talk about? How about, what did I write down here? How about uh, ooh, what I've learned as a host? Do, do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. I think you'll like this. If you'd like to see the growth <laughs> of somebody, uh, whether it's me or anyone else, go back and look at, at some of the history. So I look at some of my early episodes. And tell you the truth, I think I sucked as a host. Um, I just wasn't ready. You know, I, I, I had my ideas of maybe how to talk to someone. And, but when I listen to some of the first ones and I want to have some of these people back, let me know what you think. Um, like episode five is when I, I interviewed my friend Maggie, uh, producer at coast 103.5 FM in LA and a stand up comedian and just a really, really great human being. Maggie and she does voiceover work. She's actually she. You'll hear her voice next week. Um, she will be. She's the voice uh, for our new bumper in the beginning of the show. So that's pretty cool. She produced it and everything. Um, so you know, it's fun to have a radio producer friend. But she was one of my first interviews. I interviewed Mike, and then I interviewed Maggie. And I look back and I think, gosh, like I don't know. Like I did what I thought would make a good interview. And truth be told, I don't know how good of an interview it really was. Not because of her, but, you know, because of me. Um, I, I, I went through and, you know, so one of the things I would do is just have this super kind of open flow conversation. And now what I'm starting to do is I still have that, but I'm doing a little bit more preparation. Um, I find that some of the best hosts and, uh, and voices in the world that, that have conversations with great prominent people one of the things we start to do is uh, is to frame questions. So instead of just saying, "Oh, so you know, you do uh, NLP. Tell me about that." You know, I I want to do a little more research on my people. So I'm going to say something like, "Now you started doing NLP 12 years ago. So that would have put you at what? 27? Yeah, 26. Okay. So tell me." And then maybe ask a question around, "What was the psychology like? Like, what was the difference between your mindset at 26 when you started?" And, you know, 13 years later at 39, having been done it so long, what's the difference in mindset? And do you still see, you know, your role the same? I'm making up a question for myself, <laughs> as you can imagine. But do you see the difference? A, a lot of hosts that are newer, and certainly that was me, um, and it still is, right? But I'm learning. Um, they'll ask just kind of an open-ended question like, hey, tell me about this. And I, I, a lot of the early people, I'd say, tell me about growing up. You know, what was it like growing up? Now... I'll, I curtail the question a little more, and it tends to get better answers, and we can, and then we can have that as a launching point to have discussion, and I'll interject little pieces about me or my life too, and we'll have something to talk about, right? So instead of saying, how did you grow up? I might say something like, you know, so you've been an entrepreneur for like 20 years. What were you like as a kid? You know, were you, did you have a lemonade stand at six, or were you ready to go to, you know, corporate America uh, as you grew up through college and then decided to change what was that kind of what was the childhood like but I give them some frames and some context to think about and I find that that really really helps to get some better answers out and you'll see that with some of the interviews that haven't dropped yet some that I've done uh, in the last month or two that I believe I just you know we're on this path right of getting better and better at what we do whatever it is we do we want to get better at it every day and I'm nowhere near where I want to be but I think I am getting better at the hosting side of things. Uh, one of the reasons I think that's hard too is if you're in my world, in my industry, you know, I'm kind of in this expert industry space where I'm coaching, right? And people that know me live uh, in clients, they're going to expect that I, I basically say, hey, I'm the one, right? I'm the one on stage. I'm the one, the talent on stage, so to speak, not just the behind the scenes person. So I'm the one that I produce my events, but I'm also the main one speaking at events usually. So if that's the case, people expect me to be the expert, right? And I'm the one who you know has the advice and the teaching and whatnot. But when I bring on a guest, you know, then I'm in a hosting role where I'm really supposed to essentially diminish me and highlight them and say, "Wow, we have this amazing person." Here's what I've had to learn, though. I've had to learn how to how to have a foot in both places, and here's the reason why. Most of you guys listening, at least the feedback I get is you love the guests and you love meeting new people and hearing these stories and getting the lessons from them. But there's also a big part, of course, if you're a loyal or a raving fan, man, you, you've been listening to me. Maybe you like me. I like you too. 
But if you like me and you've been listening to the show because you know me or you like the way I do things, it's it's like that Oprah piece, you know, where it's like people didn't watch Oprah for the new author. People watch Oprah because they love Oprah. But then at the same time, Oprah's job was to elevate this person next to them and say, wow, this person's amazing. But also, hey, I'm amazing too. Now, I'm no Oprah, right? That's not, I don't want to unfairly compare that. Uh, she is amazing. Uh, especially, I mean, just she has that how to be an incredible host and guest all at the same time down. So I'm trying to have a foot in both lands, essentially, where, you know, I play the host and I elevate the person, but I also play the expert coach where I, I bring in my two cents when necessary. So let me know how I'm doing. You know, I haven't mentioned in a while. Go on social media. Seriously, like take a second. Go search me on Facebook or on uh, Twitter or on Instagram at Matt Browning and, uh, and send me a DM or uh, comment on a post or something. Excuse me. Hiccups are coming. Hiccups are coming. Ooh, just I paused earlier to go have lunch. <laughs> Val came home uh, from uh, from some schooling. So anyway, I'm trying to give you excuses for me having hiccups. Um, I, I've been trying to play that role though of being able to do both. So let me know how I'm doing on on uh, social media at Matt Browning and and let me know. You know, do you like how much I'm coach? Should I do more coaching and advice? Should I bring in my own two cents more often? Should I should I be quieter? You know, should I shut up and quit interrupting and really just let these people talk? Or do you think I'm doing a good balance? My aim and my hope is I'm doing a good balance. Like you know, that's what I want to do is a good balance of both. I certainly don't want to look come off like I'm cutting people off and, and making it the me show, but I also don't want to be lost in the background because I don't think that's what you want either. So that's a little bit of what I've been learning as a host and where I'm going with that. So where we're going from here, I told you we're going to be doing one episode every week. Uh, and we have some cool guests lined up. I got some really cool guests lined up. Some people we've already uh, done interviews for, and then a few people I can't talk about yet because we haven't locked it down. But some interviews that are already going to be coming uh, early this year. Uh, I just finished an interview with a really, really cool uh, guy, a doctor of physical therapy who launched an intervention with a $1.7 million Kickstarter with 25,000 plus backers. And we talk about his story of getting an invention to market and what it takes to do that. Um, we, I interviewed um, a lady who her family uh, started McDonald's 150. Now there are like, I think it's like 65, 66,000 McDonald's uh, globally. And they started the 150th McDonald's. We talk a lot about the philosophy of Ray Kroc and really what it was like to run a franchise in those days, plus all sorts of amazing things she's done since then. Um, just interviewed the former president of the Sharper Image. That was really cool. Guy, he was responsible to take um, the Sharper Image from six stores when he joined in 1985 to over 100 stores into nearly 300 million in, in annual revenue is huge. Remember Sharper Images? Uh, they used to be all over the place. You know, now the world's changed a little bit with Sears, Circuit City, Sharper Image. A lot of these types of stores are shifting uh, what that brand really is about, you know, um, or if it even exists at all. But Sharper Image was those great mall stores. When you walk through the mall, and they had the big massage chairs and really cool gadgets like Brickstone type stuff. Uh, and I remember as a kid always, you know, when we went to the mall, Sharper Image, I wanted to run through that store and sit in the massage chairs and check it all out, full of things that no one needed but everybody wanted. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a great time interviewing uh, and getting to really meet and build a relationship with, uh, with Craig, who used to run Sharper Image. He was also the director of stores for Gap from the 70s when he expanded the Gap stores from uh, was it six stores initially to over 350 stores by the time he left the Gap. So cool stuff. We also had a really neat Shark Tank uh, participant with a uh, multiple, multiple seven-figure business uh, selling shoes. So we'll talk all about that. That is going to be coming out early in the year. So look for some really, really cool episodes. I mean, I'm talking great people, really good conversation, lots of great lessons. And we have many others lined up. I'm, tr I'm getting some booked right now. I'm working on a superhero once I tell you who it is, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. Can't tell you yet, but I'm working on getting a superhero on. 
uh, someone who plays a superhero, uh, a very prominent mountaineer, someone with a, a world record on Everest, uh, one of the actual original sharks and Shark Tank. So I got all sorts of people that are I'm just I'm working on and building relationships and getting introduced to to more and more people. So if there's someone you want to have on, uh, let me know. There's even talk, there's even talk of, this is going to be the best day of my life when it happens, getting a WWE superstar to get on the show. I tell you, I'm going to dance a jig when I finally get to live my dream, interview one of my heroes. So if you're listening out there, I want you on the show. (laughs) So that's it, I think, for this week. Um, That is the breakdown of... The 100th anniversary, the 100th episode and year anniversary of the show. Thank you from my heart for listening. Thank you for subscribing, for rating, for reviewing, for downloading. If you've listened to this whole episode, this whole hour together, and you haven't already, you clearly are a loyal listener, would you do me a favor, a personal favor? Pop over to iTunes or on the Apple Podcast app and leave a rating and review. I'm ethically, I'm not going to tell you how many stars or what to say. I honestly don't even care. You can give me any amount of stars and leave any kind of review. But when you leave a review and you leave star ratings, that really helps uh, to get us showing up in iTunes at a different level. And it really helps us also for larger guests when they see the show and they see more ratings and reviews. It really helps to legitimize what we're doing here. So it's a big help for me, but it's also a big help for you if you want you know, to, the show to grow as well because we're doing it for you. So thanks so much. Uh, have an awesome, awesome week. Thanks again for being an amazing, loyal listener. I love you so much. I'm really like in your corner for you. As usual, as I always say to end, get out there this week and crush it. Do something great. I will see you next Friday with Interview Friday.